It's time for Tim. The Tim Weisberg Show on 1420 WBSM and streaming live on WBSM.com and the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message through the WBSM app. And now, WBSM's big gun, Tim Weisberg. And good morning, happy St. Patrick's Day, happy Friday. Hold on, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna give you this. Let me, uh, let me do this. So we have Bruce the Bagpiper outside the WBSM studio, who's uh, serenading us with some of his bagpipe work here for St. Patrick's Day. And something that I always wish I could play. Kate, have you ever uh, have you ever tried the bagpipes? No, I haven't. And I was just going to say, D- do you wish you could play them? I do. I love the sound of bagpipes. Oh my gosh! Okay. Other other people don't, but I do. Well, so bagpipes are actually Scottish, not Irish. In mm-hmm. Ireland, they use illan pipes, which are they're similar. Um, they use the bag, but you don't. You you don't blow into them in the same way. It's um, yeah, they're slightly different. Well, if 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 you want to uh, make any requests, Bruce is out there. Oh man, Flower of Scotland, classic. Long way to the top if you want to rock and roll. <laughs> Excellent, yeah. <laughs> well, good morning and welcome to the show. Uh, we've got a lot planned for you today. Uh, a little bit later on in the program, we will be joined by New Bedford City Council President Linda Morad. She'll be talking with us about a variety of things that are going on. Uh, but if you want to pop down here, if you're in the area, I don't know how long Bruce is going to be here hanging out and playing the bagpipes, but uh, you can come out and you can hear him. He is um, he's on his way to playing at one of the senior facilities in the area and wanted to stop by and uh, and spread some bagpipe music for us. So you can come on down to the parking lot here right outside the, the station and see him. Uh, he might be wrapping up, actually. But... Um, if you want to, uh, if you want to come down and make any requests before he's gone, you can do so. Uh, so again, we are going to be talking with City Council President Linda Morad in the second hour. Uh, but today we are also going to be speaking with United States Senator Ed Markey, uh, about this issue regarding the AM radios being taken out of the newly manufactured electric vehicles. So uh, Senator Markey penned a letter to 20 different motor vehicle manufacturers asking them if they are offering AM radio in their electric vehicles, if they are planning on discontinuing them. Uh, and also because there is uh, some of the manufacturers are saying that the reason why they can't include them is because of interference with their electrical systems and the performance of the vehicles. He's asking if there is a way to... Um, mitigate that and if they are working on that if they're working on plans to if they don't offer an am radio could there be the opportunity to do so by changing the the way the vehicle runs and so i don't want to i don't want to um get into any of the specifics yet i want you to hear because i recorded this yesterday with senator markey i want you to hear his comments on it but let's just say i don't know that i believe the vehicle manufacturers (laughs) When it comes to this. And obviously, I will say at the outset, and I will repeat this in the interview, we have a vested interest here in wanting to see AM radios remain in vehicles. But 
at the same time, we have also kind of changed with the times as well. So we could easily say for WBSM, it doesn't matter. We're going to be able to stick around and uh, we're going to be able to have uh, different formats for you to be able to hear us. We're not going to go anywhere off your car's dashboard, no matter what. So you might be an FM radio person. Well, we've got 99.5 FM. You might be an AM radio person. We'll always have 1420 AM. But you might be somebody who prefers to listen to things digitally on an app so you don't have to worry about signal strength. You don't have to worry about reception. You don't have to worry about if you are, uh, you know, states and states away from where you might want to be listening to a station. You can hear us on your app and you can push us through your car's, um, I, I guess they call them entertainment systems now in the vehicle. So whatever it might be, we have that functionality for you, but not every AM station is able to do that. In fact, very few are as uh, technologically advanced as Town Square Media stations are. So many of them are like, hey, we now offer an internet stream. Like, okay, we've been doing that for years. So it's, you know, even though they're coming out with new technologies that will help those stations stay front of mind, a lot of people might not even be utilizing those options yet. They need the AM signal in the case of an emergency. And this isn't about wanting to make sure that uh, people have access to talk radio programs or that they have access to, uh, you know, listening to spooky South Coast on Saturday nights to get their, their paranormal news. No, it's about making sure that if the emergencies happen, if if there are weather events, if there are you know, God forbid more, uh, another pandemic, another outbreak of something. So the information can be provided to people in a way that they can consume it. Because if the we've made such a digital transition and everything else, that if your cell phone tower goes down, which how many times have you been in a storm and you have no cell phone signal? It happens kind of a lot. Uh, I remember when uh, we would have the hurricanes come through a couple years ago. It was like we had a – I don't even remember which ones it were, they were, but we had a hurricane one year, and then like two years later there was another hurricane that came through. I think that one was Sandy. And so you're trying to use your phone, and you have electricity still. You have – your phone is fully charged, but yet the the data is not working because there's not a strong enough signal or because people are overloading the cell tower uh, trying to utilize that, that tower to get information because they can't get it any other way. So with, without a, a, a TV antenna anymore, if cable goes out, how are you getting that information? So AM radio is always there. And that's what Senator Markey is pushing. So let's get into the conversation with U.S. Senator Ed Markey about this. And uh, when we come back on the other side, we can get your reaction to it. So uh, here it is. We are joined now by United States Senator Ed Markey of Massachusetts to talk about his push to have automakers maintain free broadcast radio in future electric vehicle models. So what's going on, Senator? Why are these uh, AM and FM radio options being omitted from electric vehicles? Well, I think it's a deliberate plan uh, by some auto manufacturers uh, to take AM radio out of cars so that ultimately they can make money by charging people to have AM radio uh, be uh, delivered to the car electronically. Uh, but from my perspective, it's unnecessary. We have many... Uh, Manufacturers of vehicles, Honda, Nissan, Subaru, to Subaru Toyota, uh, who are all building AM radio into their all-electric vehicles. So I just think it's a ploy by some auto manufacturers 
in order to find a way of forcing people to pay for what they get for free today. And we know that that free service, especially those in the Northeast, who just saw another huge slump this week, we need AM radio uh, because uh, it makes it possible for people to get cost-free access to emergency alerts uh, when they lose Internet and other uh, uh, and other technologies so they get the most up-to-date information easily while they're on the road. Yeah, if you go out to a store and say, I'm going to buy an AM radio to keep in my home in case of a bad storm, and that's my only means of, of getting information and news, you go into the store, you can't find an AM, FM radio. All you find are a bunch of Bluetooth speakers that require your cell phone to have cell phone service or, or Wi-Fi to even work. So if you're sitting in there in the dark, you don't have that battery-operated AM radio to bring you the information. So people go out and they listen to it in their cars. Exactly. And we know that hundreds of millions of Americans are driving around in their cars listening to AM radio as they were 100 years ago, 50 years ago. And what the uh, unfortunate uh, fact of the matter is that there are some auto manufacturers who are trying to end that history. They're trying to force people uh, to buy a service from uh, those companies that they don't need to buy. So from my perspective, AM radio is an essential safety feature, one that federal and state authorities rely on during emergencies. AM radio has been a basic feature in cars since the 1930s. We can't give it up, especially at a time when the climate crisis is making extreme weather events more frequent and more severe. And, and it seems like some of the auto manufacturers are citing interference from the radio signals with some of the electronic operations of electric vehicles. And you're actually urging them to, to, to give you proof of that or, or to, you know, c to come up with a plan to mitigate that. Well, here's the problem. They don't have any evidence that they can't solve the problem. How can Honda and Hyundai and Kia and Mitsubishi and Nissan, uh, Subaru, Toyota solve the problem? And Tesla and Ford cannot solve the problem. It's it, my opinion. It's not that they can't solve it. It's that they don't want to solve it so that they can charge for that which is free right now. So if Elon Musk can figure out how to go out to space, he should be able to figure out how to have an AM radio work in a new Tesla. I would think so, yeah. So you actually sent out letters to 20 different manufacturers asking them questions like, you know, do you plan on including these? And, and uh, if you're not, what are some of the reasons why? And so you heard back from some, some of the auto manufacturers, and I was reading through some of the responses online. It seems like they kind of ran the gamut, some saying, yes, we will have it. Others saying that, uh, you know, we don't have any plans to get rid of it in the future. And some are saying, listen, this isn't something that we can go forward with. Is, is there a way that, you know, congressionally, can we require uh, motor vehicle manufacturers and electric vehicle manufacturers to have to keep an AM radio in their vehicles? Well, I'm going to introduce legislation that would mandate the uh, retention of AM radio in new vehicles. And I'm also going to have a hearing, a, a congressional senatorial hearing on this issue as well, so that they're forced in public uh, to have to uh, explain why they can't do it, while 10 other auto manufacturers can figure it out how uh, to keep AM radio in their vehicles. So I'm going to just continue to put a spotlight on them uh, so that they're forced to explain their real strategy 
which is to monetize at the expense of drivers uh, their need to have AM radio as a safety and information uh, technology in all vehicles in our country. And as we move along, you know, here at WBSM, we are an AM station, but we also have an FM signal. And we also rely heavily on our Internet stream and our app for people to be able to listen to our product. And I know some of these vehicle manufacturers are trying to say, well, stations like WBSM are proof that you don't need the actual AM broadcast because they are diversifying their signal and we can receive it. But that doesn't help you if you're in a storm where the data, the, the, the cell phone data is down, the cell phone lines are down, and you can't access the information as easily as you can radio waves. Precisely. Broadcast radio is reliable. It's been a basic feature for drivers since the 1930s. In that time, it's become a central part of our information network, especially during emergencies. In an emergency, drivers might not have access to the Internet and would miss critical safety information, such as extreme weather alerts or directions to evacuate. So we just shouldn't do away with AM radio when it has worked so as well as it has for nearly a century. Let's be honest. Uh, if there is an emergency and people are told to evacuate, they'll be in their cars trying to get away. Mm -hmm. And they'll need information in real time as to where to go and what to do. And in many instances, they'll have to just leave their Internet connection behind. And if they want to protect their families, they want to make the right decisions, um, your radio station and others will be giving the accurate information as to how to protect their families. Uh, and that is something uh, that has served us well historically, and it should continue in the future. Is there also, as part of this, you know, obviously you want to have these uh, AM radios and FM radios included in these vehicles, but as an alternative, just in case or for future development of technology, trying to move the emergency broadcast system into a way where it can be digitally viable while you are also taking into account the fact that cell phone services might be down or data services might be down? Well, again, we have a system that works right now, and um, and uh, uh, FEMA's national public warning system, which authorities can use to deliver emergency alert and warning broadcasts, including presidential emergency warnings to the public, operates primarily through AM radio stations. And it's in every car in America. And why would we fool with the system that's working when every American is almost trained since youth to know which station to turn on? Where's that, where's that local radio station in New Bedford or Fall River or Boston or Springfield? or anywhere in America that you turn to to get the local news. And, uh, and so why would we uh, try to tamper with a system that works in all vehicles in our country? Makes no sense at all. I, I agree. Are, is there a calendar date planned yet for when those hearings might happen, or is that just something that you hope to have in the near future? No, I'm working on it, but my intention is to put a big public spotlight on this automotive scam which is seeking to be per uh, uh, perpetrated uh, by some automakers. So many of them are being good about this, and they are going to include AM. But we're going to put um, we're going to put the, the companies that are in the hot seat, just so that you know they're forced to explain why they can't do it. Especially a company like Tesla uh, that brags about uh, um, their space capacity, brags about their all electric vehicles. But when you say, is there any way you can save AM? Um, he is doing it. Honda's doing it. Jaguar's doing it. 
they say, oh, you don't know how complicated that is. <laughs> and, you know, you just have to laugh at that response. Absolutely. Because they're so proud of going to the moon, they can't figure out how to keep AM radio in a car. And everyone knows that's not true. I'm pretty sure AM radio was involved in getting us to the moon in the first place. Exactly. Thank you so much. You know, all of those quote-unquote primitive technologies served us very well back then. And uh, and uh, there's been no diminution in their efficacy. Well, Senator Ed Markey, thank you for joining us. Please keep us up to date with everything on this because we, we certainly want to share it with our audience. And I know WBSM listeners are happy to chime in any way that you need them to as your constituency. Thank you. And thank you for focusing on this very important public safety and convenience issue. Thank you. And uh, that is U.S. Senator Ed Markey, and uh, we will get your reaction to all of that at 508-996-0500 or via app chat on the WBSM app. Because I've got some uh, some interesting information based on you know what the senator was telling us and, and also the letters that he received back from the auto manufacturers. He sent out letters to 20 auto manufacturers, and the responses that they came back with were were rather interesting. So we can get into some of that as well. Uh, also, if you missed the performance of uh, Bruce Hutchings, the bagpiper that was outside of our studio to start off the show, you can go to our WBSM Facebook page. Our digital managing editor, Phil Devitt, has posted the video there for you to check out. And uh, if it's not on our Instagram, we'll get it over there as well. But uh, go ahead and check that out. It was it was a really nice way to, to celebrate St. Patrick's Day, even though, as you know, Kay pointed out, bagpipes are Scottish. But uh, it, was, uh, it was a lot of fun having that to start off the show. And we're going to have all kinds of discussion. Uh, we may, if it warrants, if it's necessary, we may rebroadcast, uh, replay uh, Senator Markey's interview in the third hour of the program today. But uh, for the most part, you know, you know that you can get all of our pro, uh, all of our uh, interviews and programming available via podcast. So if you if you missed out on it, you can get the podcast. We'll have it up uh, at the end of the first hour. And also, speaking of podcasts, check out the podcast from last night's edition of South Coast Tonight when Chris and Marcus spoke with Lieutenant Governor Kim Driscoll. They talked about the the offshore wind industry, which, of course, was why um, Lieutenant Governor Driscoll and Governor Healy were here in New Bedford yesterday. And you can read Marcus's article about that at WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. But they spoke with uh, Lieutenant Governor Driscoll about the housing crisis, about uh, how the administration is looking to help with the housing crisis. And they talked to her about things such as rent stabilization, because before she was a lieutenant governor, she was the mayor of Salem, so she's familiar with you know some of these same types of issues. And so they talked with her about that. They also spoke with her uh, about the Community Preservation Act, which is something that uh, she was very much in favor of and talked about how that helped with housing issues in Salem during her tenure as mayor. So all of that stuff is on the table today, plus your calls, 508-996-0500. Also, willing to debate with you that uh, cooking your corned beef in the Instant Pot is far better than putting it on for hours and hours and hours at a time. So I'm looking forward to being able to go home after the show, take a nap, write some articles, and then not even have to worry about starting my corned beef and cabbage till around 7 or so because I like to eat around like 8.30, 9 o'clock at night. So I won't even have to worry about doing any of that till I'm about an hour and a half, two hours out from when I want to actually eat. My corned beef will be just as tender and juicy and delicious, if not more so than yours. So <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm willing to give you the information or, or you can read my article on the uh, WBSM website and app telling you how to do it. All right. I do have to take a break, though. We'll be back in just a few moments. 
It is the Tim Weisberg show, so you can expect a lot of you two today. Uh, but as well as, you know, I'll mix in some other Irish bands, Cranberries, Finn Lizzy, Pogues. I was saying uh, to, to Kate and Phil Devitt yesterday, maybe even some of the commitments, even though they're not a real band, still a lot of fun. Uh, so 508-996-0500 is the number to call in and chime in. You can also send in app chat messages via the WBSM app. Uh, but I, I got a couple messages here that I want to pass on that were actually for Tom Hodgson, who was filling in all week for Phil. Um, Ribeiro in New Bedford says, Tom, great job all week covering for Phil. Uh, Carol in Fairhaven says, love Sheriff Tom Hodgson filling in for Phil. I would love for Sheriff Tom to have his own show. He is knowledgeable and can debate without yelling. Uh, Tim Weisberg is my favorite because he is able to present both sides of the coin. I swear I didn't I didn't tell her to write this and make it understandable. My views are not his views, but Tim helps me understand both sides with clarity. My favorite. And uh, and then somebody actually gave uh, Tom the nickname this morning of the radio sheriff. So I think I think we can lean into that, Tom. I think, you know, because we were. We were struggling. I would I would refer to him as as Sheriff Hodgson, and and even he sometimes was coming back from break was going to say I'm Sheriff, uh, uh, uh. and it's just because you know for 25 years, 25 plus years, every time he came into the studio and sat behind the microphone, that was just a natural thing for him to say. So um, this way here, if we make you the radio sheriff, well then it still counts. But speaking of sheriffs, the current sheriff. Uh, Sheriff Paul Haro will be on South Coast tonight this evening uh, with Marcus and Chris, so you can tune in for that uh, beginning at 7 p.m. tonight, 7 to 10 every weeknight, and I can't wait. I am sure their St. Patrick's Day edition, because all their Friday night shows are a lot of fun, but I'm sure the St. Patrick's Day edition will be uh, even better. I think, though, you have to ask him if he's going to be Sheriff O'Haro for the day. Is it, is it O'Haro, O'Hero? I think, I think if you're going to throw the O in front of it, it's O'Hero. That sounds better. Um, also, uh, Bogey in Fairhaven says, we're experiencing a border crisis and a fentanyl crisis, and you discuss AM radio with Ed Markey? Come on, man. Well, listen, there's, when you, when, when you are trying to get somebody like Senator Markey to come on to the program, you know, it's not like you say to them, uh, hey, why don't you just call in on, uh, on, on Thursday and we'll just talk. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll talk about some different things. This is a, a project that he is pushing. This is a, a campaign that he is pushing. And it makes sense for him to come on an AM radio station and talk about it. So, yeah, that's what we talked about it. That's what we talked about. And I'm going to continue talking with him about it because we're going to set it up so that as they have those hearings, they're going to keep us up to date and he'll be checking in with us. And that's what we're going to discuss. You want to talk about other issues? Listen to other programs. So uh, I'm just going to keep reiterating the fact that it's called the Tim Weisberg Show for a reason. Because I decide what we talk about. And I decide what I want to talk about with the guests that I have. 
the the beautiful thing about the internet is we're talking about the the changes that that are being made in broadcasting. Anybody can go have a podcast for themselves or an internet radio show for themselves. So all of you uh, self-appointed experts, have at it. Good luck. 508-996-0500. You are next on WBSM. Yes, sir. Hey, good morning. Uh, just a, th- a thing to throw out to or maybe people who are in the know. I-, I wonder if anyone's done like an assessment or a study about exactly how many people are we talking about that are going to be coming to New Bedford in light of the train. You know, I mean, the bankers, the lawyers, the brokers, the real estate people, landlords, uh, the city. Does I mean, how many people really are coming? Are we getting a little hysterical here without... I've never heard the numbers from anybody. I, you know, I uh-huh. would agree with you. I think we're, I think we're overplaying exactly what will happen there because, like, who, who wants to, to relocate and uproot their lives for, you know, maybe not saving that much money if the rents are going to keep going up to have to take a 90 minute train ride every day to go to work, which will actually turn out to be, you know, a two hour train ride when you factor in all the stops and all the delays that'll happen because there's another train on the track and all those things. So it's going to take, you're going to spend four hours out of your day riding a train just so you can live in New Bedford. Nothing wrong with living yeah. in New Bedford, but it's just not going to be viable for folks in Boston. Right. And the other thing was, I know that there's going to be these uh, certain zones for development around the train stations. I wonder if, if businesses are buying up these properties and anticipating, uh, you know, a lot of people moving into the area, uh, are businesses buying into this, uh, you know, this new supposedly economy that's going to happen here. I don't, so, I don't think so. I think it's more of a matter of they're buying these properties up because we have a housing crisis and because they can charge the rents that are being charged right now. So it doesn't matter if there's going to be a train or not. People, there's not enough housing for the people that live in the city already. So why not yeah. get into that okay. business when you know that there's, 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 uh, there's customers out there for your product? Yeah. And if, if we get a better handle on how many people are actually coming, that helps moderate and keep a check and balance on the rents. You know, it's a, it's not going to be this big hysteria. Uh, you know, the the market will start dropping a little bit, you know? Uh, what, it, what it is is it's an excuse for the people who have never been for the train or the people who told you for 25 years, the train's never coming, and now all of a sudden the train's coming, and they've got to eat some crow, so they start trying to throw out all these, you know, these boogeymen about why the train is bad. It, the train is coming. The train will be fine. The train will be viable enough, and it'll certainly be something that people will utilize, but it's not It's not going to be something that, that you know, drastically alters uh, the right. face of the South Coast. Well, I hope so. Okay, thank you, sir. All right, All right. thank you. And and I will say, because a lot of the elected officials are um, estimating some of the problems that might happen, you know, when they're talking about these uh, these transportation districts and they're talking about wanting to make sure that they maintain the the neighborhood feel that they've always had that's gonna that's that's forward thinking but it also might be something that doesn't have to be put into place you know you can put those those plans in motion but it might not even get to the point where you have to worry about it i think it's it's good to have that forward thinking and the forethought for it but it probably won't come to fruition because it's just it's not going to be the big groundswell change that everybody thinks that it's going to be or that you're being told that it will be I, go talk to somebody that lives in Boston and say, "Do you want to? Do you want to come down here? Do you want? Do you want to move to New Bedford and take that long train ride every day? Will that will that vastly improve your life?" They'll say, "Ah, no, but I'll probably I'll probably take the train maybe on a weekend to come down and visit New Bedford." And you know who it will help? It'll help the people in New Bedford that already work in Boston. 
uh, to say, you know what, I think I'd rather sit on the train and, and do some work or even take a nap rather than be stuck in the traffic that I have to sit through every day. Uh, you know, we, we talked about it with the mayor and the mayor said, who's going to take a 90 minute train ride? And my answer to that is the person who has a two-hour car ride because they're stuck in traffic. So, yeah, that might be an attractive thing for people to say, oh, I can I can cut some of that time that I sit in traffic down and I can do other things while I'm on the train. So that's who I think it'll benefit. It'll benefit the people here that already have those jobs or, or will make it so that they'll want to go and get jobs in Boston. But it will also uh, bring people from Boston down to visit. I'm sure, I'm sure there will be some people who re- relocate here. There will be some people who say, I'd love to get out of the hustle and bustle of the, the, the big, big city, and I still want that city atmosphere, but I'd like a small city like New Bedford, and or I want to live you know, down on the South Coast because there's so many great things. There, there will be some people that do that, absolutely. But it's not going to be an overwhelming, uh, you know, the, the population of the city isn't going to increase 25% overnight. 508-996-0500. Uh, I want to get to the the um, the actual manufacturers that are continuing to have AM radio in their electric vehicles. I put together a little list. And this, the most astounding thing that I found on this for, from this list, and this is all based on the letters that Senator Markey's office received back about this issue, how many companies there are making electric vehicles that I've never even heard of. But some of them are, you know, conglomerates of other car manufacturers. And, like, I didn't know what Stellantic was. Apparently, they manufacture Jeep and Chrysler now. I, I don't know. So, but in, in looking at some of their responses, uh, they had 20 that responded. And out of those 20, 12 of them were, yeah, we're going to keep AM radio in our cars. And we don't have any plans on getting rid of them. Some of them use language like, uh, we'll look at this in a you know we'll look at this on a case by case year by year basis and we might make some changes. Others said we have them now, but we don't want to comment on your question about do we plan on eliminating them in the future, only because we don't want to reveal any plans about any of our future designs um, for for competition purposes. So you know you got some of those answers, but you also got answers from people like Volkswagen who said no. No, we're not. We we don't. We haven't had AM radio in our electric vehicles since 2014, and we're not going to. If if you want to have electric, if you want to have AM radio, you can use digital. You can use the apps. You can use TuneIn. You can use things like that. And, and Tesla actually specifically pushed TuneIn in their letter to Senator Markey. So I I want to do a little digging there and see if if Tesla or Elon Musk has any any uh, stake in TuneIn because they were pretty leaning pretty heavily on that. Saying, you know, every AM radio station is on TuneIn. Well, not necessarily, no. And what is what good does that do you if the data towers are down? What good what good will it do you if the data towers are down? I can tell you this. If our AM radio tower suddenly stopped working in an emergency situation, I know our engineer could come down here and rig something up with some coat hangers, some tin foil, and some chewing gum. And he could get a broadcast out. You can't do that if the cell towers are down. Uh, so I thought that some of the some of the answers were a little bit uh, a little bit. So what I'm looking for, dismissive of the questions. 
So, like I said, it's certainly something we will follow as those hearings go on because I want to hear what these car manufacturers have to say. And again, yes, we do have a vested interest in AM radio continuing on, and, and, and so do most of you because a lot of you still listen. Even though I tell you, why do you listen on the AM station if you're in the range of the FM signal? It's a much better sound, but, you know, you're you're used to the AM and you're traditionalists and, and that's what you've always had on. So that's what you want to continue listening to. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Hi, Tim. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Tim, I'm having a problem getting your station through the AM, through AM radio here. I live over in Swansea and I used to listen to the station all the time. And now I have an AM FM radio. I can't even pick it up on AM or FM on my radio. I have to use my cell phone, which I'm burning. I'm burning up because it's constantly on the cell phone. It's the phone is constantly Ooh, well, on. First of all, do you do you have Wi-Fi in your home? Uh, yes, I do. Okay, so you, what the first thing I would do is I would definitely put your Wi-Fi on your phone so that you're not using your data to to stream. Yeah, my Wi-Fi is on my phone. I can pick it up fine on my phone. Yeah, but so I that have it, I, you know, I listen to all, everybody's show, so I, I leave my radio on all day long. You know what I mean? So, so what? So you have the same radio that you had before, but but suddenly you're not getting the signal. Right. Well, I, I was in New Bedford before. Now I'm over in Swansea. Oh, yeah. I, I can't pick you up at all. So, so the signal only reaches so far because by law you can only broadcast at certain strengths. And so, uh, unfortunately, we have to keep ours down because our 1420 AM signal is very close to the Fall River Station signal. So you have to be careful when you have to keep, you know, so it really kind of mitigates how much we can actually send out there. What I would recommend... I was going to buy another AM radio, but you know what? Nobody's even carrying the AM radios anymore. Right. What I would recommend is getting... So they have what are called internet radios. And what they are is you can... can, you can get something like, you know, and you don't even need to get an internet radio. You can go down to your local Walmart or or Target or whatever, and you can get an Alexa device, and you just plug that Alexa in. It, it connects to your Wi-Fi in your house, and then you can tell your Alexa once you enable the skill. And all the instructions, by the way, on how to do this are at WBSM.com. You just tell the Alexa device, Alexa, play WBSM, and it will give you our, our app stream and crystal clear sound. I appreciate it. Thank you very much, Tim. No problem. Good luck with it. And uh, if you have any trouble, email me and I'll, I'll walk you through the steps. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Take it easy. And, and that goes for anybody. If you, if, you, uh, if you get a device and you have an issue accessing the station, you know, feel free to reach out to me and I'll do what I can to try to help you with that situation. But that is, you know, I like, I have a Wi-Fi radio. Um, I won't tell you the name of it because I, uh, I have an endorsement agreement for one of my internet shows so I, I won't tell you about it but I will tell you that there's a number of different ones that you can get and you probably have seen some of them in the stores on the shelf and been like what is this I don't even know what this is it says that it's an internet radio but what does that mean it means it operates via apps so instead of tuning in a dial you have the app on your phone or uh, some of them have the app screens like built in where you can put them onto the radio and that allows you to broadcast them. Those can be kind of complicated, but they're a lot of fun if you're somebody like me that likes to listen to a lot of different radio because you can enable radio stations from all over the country and all over the world. So I like to do it because I can find those stations that still play oldies, you know. So when I'm and I I'm also big into um, old time radio shows, and so there are stations that just play old time radio shows, and so I'll tune in some of those. But if you are somebody who just wants to be able to access. So, you know, something like the WBSM stream, just go out and get an Alexa dot 
it, they'll cost you like 20, 25, maybe 30 bucks, depending on what model you get. You just take it home, you plug it into the wall, you have to connect it, you know, to, a, to your phone. The, the app for it would be on your phone. That will allow you to connect the device to your Wi-Fi in your home. And they walk you through it all. It's very easy. And then once you have that connected, you will just walk into the room and say, Alexa, play WBSM. And it will start playing WBSM stream. And you'll be able to hear it as if you were right here in the studio with us. So you don't have to worry about radio. You don't have to worry about signal. You don't have to worry about any interference. You know how that always happens. You're listening in the morning and, uh, you know, Phil's really getting into something that you want to hear about. And then the garbage truck pulls up in the garbage truck sitting outside your house idling while they're dumping the garbage completely messes up the the transmission of the radio and you get all this static and the wine and all that stuff you don't have to worry about it it all sounds great and yeah we are going to continue to push new technologies like that but it is important to keep us in your car as well and whether it be through digital means but also to have that am tuner so that when the digital goes down because it will and it does you know, if, if somebody wanted to, uh, not, I'm not giving them any ideas here. This is this is kind of common knowledge. But if somebody wanted to attack the United States and they wanted to keep people from getting the information, you put out an EMP, an electromagnetic pulse that takes out the data, you don't have a way to get the information to the people. But you still could with AM radio waves. I got to take a break. When we come back, we can get into some more of your calls. We'll be back in a few moments. Go right back to the phones, 508-996-0500. You are next on WBSM. Good morning, Tim. How are you? How are you doing? All right, how are you? You know, the first radio stations started broadcasting in AM in 1921. Mm -hmm. And uh, ever since. As far as St. Patrick, many don't realize St. Patrick was an Irish. He actually was British. He was born on the island of Britain. Uh, and it was a Roman citizen, and he was kidnapped by the Celts, brought to Ireland, where he was enslaved as a shepherd. And then uh, some years went by, and he fled back to, to Britain, to his family, and he had a dream about the children in Ireland, saying, um, come back, Patrick, come back. And uh, he went uh, back as a bishop uh, to Ireland. And that's, I mean, condensed version of St. Patrick's story. Sure, yeah. And the rest is history. So how do you... the train. Oh, I was going to say, how do you Go observe St. Patrick's Day? What do, you, do you have any traditions that you observe for it? Uh, St. Patrick? Uh, this St. Patrick prayers that I pray. Um, and uh, and I don't just pray to St. Patrick on uh, on uh, St. Patrick's Day, but like the breastplate prayer for God's protection. Mm-hmm. So it's more religious to me than it is about drinking beer and all that. Sure. And as far as the train, uh, it's a lot a lot of conjecture about how many people are going to be going on there, going to Boston. But this is the thing that really gets me. We need jobs here in the city. Why can't we try to get jobs here? Why do we have to get on a train, like you said, for two hours, uh, you know, back and forth? Uh, why can't we get the economic engine running here? Well, I think they're trying to do to both. They're trying to do both things. It's not an either or, but some of the, some of the jobs that people want to have, they're just they're never going to come here. They're only going to be in a major city like Boston. So why not give them access to it? As far as a side note, with inflation and the decline in the economy, economists saying we're in the beginning of recession. We're hearing about big tech companies and and other companies, bankers and uh, financial in, uh, firms that are laying off a lot of uh, you know their uh, employees. 
So I don't know. I think it's. I think this is like the roll of the dice. It may or may not work, but I just hope the money that's been invested is going to pan out. Yeah, well, we'll see. I mean, I guess it depends on depends on how many people are riding on that train. Yeah. All right. Well, have a good day, Tim. Yeah, thank you. And uh, and and I mean riding on that train in the uh, metaphorical sense. I wasn't talking specifically about the train, uh, but the part of that. You know, is yes, uh, you can do two things at once. You can try to bring more jobs into the city, which is something, you know, the mayor has talked with us about. It's something they were trying to do with the advanced manufacturing campus, which is, you know, still in the works. Uh, but there are going to be some jobs that you just can't do in a, in a different place. Um, so there's going to be folks who probably want to utilize the train for that kind of opportunity. There's a lot of folks who are already working in Boston and want to utilize the train to make their life a little bit easier. But I, I don't think it's going to be, you know, an end-all, be-all to anything. And, and the, you know, the mayor has been saying the same thing. It's it's one of those things that will be a good to have, but let's not also, you know, pin everything on that, whether that be hopes and dreams or whether that be, you know, fears. 508-996-0500, you're next on WBSM. Hey, what's up? How are you? Good. How you doing? All right. Hey, today you and me on the same team, amplitude modulation. It's a pity that they're going to take it out of our society. Well, at least in the electric vehicles. I think I, I, the other part of it, too, and I mentioned this with, with Senator Markey, and, and a caller mentioned it, too. Where do you find an AM radio or an AM FM radio in the stores anymore? Ah, that, that's all part of the slow process. You know, if you had a 50,000-watt power base, right, that was transmitting 1420 AM, you could be heard in, like, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Because those low-frequency waves, once they go up into the sky, they get bounced back down. Whereas the, the frequency modulation, which is a higher frequency, it gets sucked up right through the ionosphere. The, That's why sorry, amplitude modulation can reach way further. That's and, why with all this digital stuff, that's why you see these 5G antennas going up everywhere because these high frequencies that these digital things operate in, they can only travel so far, so they need connection centers to keep hooking up. And, and, and part of the argument with the, with the manufacturers of these radios are, it's like, well, people aren't listening to the broadcast anymore. They're utilizing speakers with their smartphones and all that. So why do we need to put AM, FM in with these Bluetooth speakers? Well, I would argue that FM thought for years that AM was over and done with, but they didn't stop putting AM on with the FM. They get you hooked on this new system, and then they tell you that the old way is bad, and they lie to you by doing that. Well, I don't think anybody said that it's bad. They've just said that it's, it's obsolete, that it's not necessary. Because they want to use all those frequencies for the high frequency, and they don't want the ability. But like I said, amplitude modulation, it, it vibrates at a lower frequency. Oh, and they want to push us onto these high frequency uh, devices they can't travel as far and work differently. I, I do believe some of the electronic, the electric vehicle manufacturers who say, well, it causes interference with our systems. But I also go back to what Senator Markey said. Yeah, but other manufacturers have figured out a way around that. So why can't you? It's, it's, it's a lame excuse. Then you ask them, what do you mean by interference in our systems? In the way, in the way that the vehicle operates. Uh, exactly. Not in a way that, 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 that is good for us. Amplitude modulation and some say the frequency modulation, the FM, that's going away too. The new guitarist for Motley Crue did some articles in uh, a few guitar magazines, and he's an insider. Yeah. He, he, he's been in, he's, he played with Rob Zombie. Now he replaced uh, Mick Mars and Motley Crue. And they're getting rid of these, uh, these type of outlets so they can go to this new digital world. 
That's why you see these 5G towers everywhere I drive around someplace. No, look, another 5G tower. Another one, too. Yeah, but did you care you about... You don't need those with the amplitude modulation. Did, yeah, but did you feel the same way when they were when they were 3G and 4G towers? I really didn't do my head up against the grindstone researching this until recently, but you do notice these 5G towers, these, these big Frankenstein towers going up everywhere, correct? Yeah. But, they're going up everywhere. And part of that is because you've got more, you know, more cell phone companies that are coming out, too. Uh, and everybody's losing their landline. Now the commission of landlines are bad. So a lot of people I know have gotten rid of their landlines. I'm like, bad move. Well, they got to get rid of the hum in the landlines. That's the, that's the thing that bothers me the most. i got to hold you there because I'm up against my final break, but thank you for the call. Have a good day. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's the one thing I can, I was telling, um, Sheriff Hodgson, well, Tom Hodgson this morning, radio Sheriff Hodgson, that, uh, you can hear, you can tell when somebody's on a landline now because of the hum. It used to be you could tell when somebody was on a mobile phone because of the sound quality. Anyway, gotta take the final break. We'll be back in a few.